Okay, here we go. Look at talk. A new episode starts now. Welcome one. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. I'm your boss man, Mr. V Jones, holding it down in the great state of Florida. And tonight we have an exclusive series interview. Today joining me, she is the host of the Dope Discussions with Erica. It's Miss Erica Warren. How you doing, Erica? I'm doing good, Victor. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you holding up during this whole coronavirus madness that's going on, that's taking over the country? <laughs> I'm maintaining. I'm I'm um I'm more of an introverted person, so I like to stay in the house anyway. But it's just the thought of that I have to stay in the house that makes me want to get out of the house. Hey, I, I totally feel you on that. I I definitely feel you on that. It's sad that it's like we done came to the part where it's like we need to stay in the house. Now we're being mandated to stay in the house. But now <laughs> it's like I'm I'm feeling that itch to want to get out as well. So I totally feel you. Mm-hmm. And I usually I I work from home normally anyway. So I haven't had like a big transition uh, as far as a lot of other people who work outside their home and they can't go to work. So that's been a blessing for me. So I thank God for that. Um, but it's just keeping my mind busy while I'm staying in the house. That's kind of a challenge. So I found a lot of stuff to do. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Trying to keep your mind challenged to stay busy while everything's just being shut down. It's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so crazy. I'm like, man, I've I've never experienced a time where we were just mandated work, stay home. But I gotta say, work from home is a blessing, though. I will say that. But it's still like the only downside is if you need some assistance, you gotta call somebody instead of hey, they can have somebody come to your desk. Right. And right before this, I was kind of thinking about trying to start back working outside of the home because sometimes you can get into that rut where you're in-house all day and you miss that interaction with going to a workplace and, you know, congregating with other people. But when this situation happened, I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I'm going to stay right where I am. Yes, that's real. That's so real. So I, I feel like a lot of people are seeing that right now just – Let's just stay put where we at and give the country just time to heal. So, because mm-hmm. I guess I guess we need it, you know. Because I guess uh, Mother Mother Earth needed just time to heal, and well, that's right. good from it. Right. I hope everybody comes out with some kind of lesson from this, you know, situation. Stop taking certain things for granted, you know, and be more grateful for the things that we have. And then always be ready for change. You know, us as human beings, that's the thing we hate most is change and adaptation to something new. We want to hold on to the familiar. So this is going to shake us all up. Yes, I do definitely feel like this is definitely going to shake us all up, going to get us ready for the new change and whatever life comes. Because honestly, this shows you where people's hearts are. And also it shows you who was prepared for a natural disaster and who wasn't. And mm-hmm. it don't look like too many people were prepared for a natural disaster. No, our, our White House wasn't prepared, so we definitely wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you know our White House ain't prepared they telling people to drink Lysol and shit. <laughs> I just, you know what? I can't even. I just, I don't. I have no words. That's all I, I can't say anything. It's just Yeah, it's like it's like they sink to a new low every time that they have presidents' <laughs> mouth. I'm like how much yeah. low are you gonna go today? Shit. Right, right. Like I feel like the United States at this point is being looked upon as a joke by the rest of the world. We are. We really are. <laughs> It's like we have a president that wants to tell people to drink Lysol and shit. It's so bad <laughs> the damn maker had to come out and say, don't y'all drink our shit. And then you, right. you know there were some people that actually did the damn shit. I saw um I saw a news story where some people had to go to the emergency room for doing it. I'm like, don't stop them. Let them do it. Let them do it. If they think that that's something smart to do, let them do it. 
that's why I'm saying. Say, I'm like, you know what? They, 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 they need to just not even treat y'all for being so stupid. Right. And exactly. <laughs> like you've heard from birth and from growth when you learn about cleaning products, <laughs> don't drink this shit, don't ingest this shit. And it says so on the labels. <laughs> yes, it does. I can't. I just cannot. <laughs> uh, you're right. I cannot either. I'm just, I'm saying, I'm amazed. When I saw that, I was like, there were people actually stupid enough to do this shit. <laughs> I, I, I was just like, make it make sense. You can't, you can't make this shit up. There are people really stupid enough to actually drink the damn shit. I think it's it's part of population control because if you dumb enough to drink the stuff, I mean, I don't think you care about your life anyway. Yeah, I, I could definitely agree <laughs> with that. You you don't care about your life if you're around here drinking Lysol and shit. Anyway, <laughs> talk to me about your podcast, Dope Discussions with Erica. What's that all about? Dope Discussions with Erica. That's a spinoff of my original podcast that I created last year. It was called, well, it is called The Code of Sisterhood. And I started that podcast for a safe space for women to get together and talk about issues that we normally don't talk about in public. And I wanted it to be like a no judgment zone so we can talk about all kinds of stuff that you know, we even hide from each other and we pretend like we got it going on, you know, out in the world when behind closed doors, we're really struggling. So I created that podcast and then I saw the importance of having not just female, but male and female perspectives on different topics that I'm very interested in. So that's when I started Dope Discussions and my co-host Gator, he and I, we, we, discuss different topics week to week where we give the male and female perspectives on stuff. And um, it's, it's fun. You know, this podcasting thing is so much fun to me because I'm the type of person who feels like if you're not saying something that's making a difference or, you know, bringing awareness to people or just giving people a different perspective on things, then just, why are you talking? I, I don't believe in talking just to talk. I believe in talking for better understanding, um, you know, of other people's perspectives. So I've been having a blast doing the show. And um, when you get a free time, I like to have you as a guest on our show as well, because we cuts up. We cuts up over there. Hey, now, I know I'm not say this at the end, but hey, I'll go ahead and say this right now. I might be in Florida, but I'm just a DM away. So when you're ready to get me on, you just let me know. We'll make it happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. All of yeah. my guests have been remote guests anyway. So that's that's basically how we do our podcast. I've uh, interviewed people from all over the country. Yes. And what have you learned from that? Have you? Because honestly, I've learned that people live so much differently from how we live. Here in one state, they do something totally different. Mm-hmm. I've learned such, such, you know, and I used to be the type of person, like, kind of intimidated by people who come from different backgrounds. And I was like, they might not understand the way I talk or they might not understand how I feel about certain things. So I would always shy away from people from different backgrounds and kind of stick to people who are like me and come from where I come from. But doing this podcast has opened me up to being able to talk to people from all over the world, different backgrounds, different perspectives. And it's given me a broader um, view of the world. And I feel like I'm more compassionate and a less judgmental person because I used to be very judgmental. Like if you don't think like I think that you're not my kind of person. Um, so that's what I've learned from this podcast. Well, I'm glad podcasting has opened you up in that way because I, because it's not fun. It's not fun being a judgmental person. It's just it's sad being a very judgmental person because you, know, you don't know what that person been through or what that person background is. So, right, exactly. So, talk to me about um, I one topic that caught my eye that um, while I was listening to your podcast was sex before marriage. Can you wait and should you wait? I've never heard this discussion come up a lot because not a lot of people are waiting till marriage nowadays. 
Hmm. And that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it, because I'm a single woman, 45 years old, back in the dating world. And I'm looking for like a real significant relationship that will lead into marriage. Um, And I've decided at this point in my life that I don't want to bring sex into the equation until I'm married, until I've created that bond, that lifelong bond with somebody on all those other levels. And then the sex will come at the, you know, at the end. Because I've always did it, the diff, I've always did it backwards. I've led with the sex and, you know, tried to put the other, other things together and it never turned out correctly. And on top of that, I just feel like it's better. It's going to be a blessing from God because you're doing it in the right order, which I've never done before. Yes. It's difficult to find a man who's also in agreement with that. So that's why I wanted to do the podcast to get men's perspective on why nobody wants to wait. Um, Honestly, from my point of view, um, the reason why most men don't want to wait is because we want to test test it out and see. And also, (laughs) from a personal perspective, I've learned that maybe it's good to just go ahead and get out of the way, see what we need to work on. Because I remember working with an older woman who told me straight up, they waited to have sex, and I think I think the week before they were about to get married, they finally they decided to have sex. She said it was so bad it made her throw up and it made her cough the wetness. So I was like, and I'm out of belief that if I can't satisfy you in that department, I can't keep you happy in that department, then we might not be good together. But um, what what would make her throw up? Was it his body odor? What was it? I, I, <laughs> I mean, don't know what. I don't, this was years ago. This was years ago when I talked to this lady. But I don't know what she didn't say. What exactly he did to make her throw up? But she said the <laughs> sex was so bad that she started throwing up after. I said, like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to get this thing in before we get married. See, but the thing about that is, you can know that you're sexually compatible with somebody by having conversations and by knowing how your chemistry is around them without actually going there. Um, In the past, when I've gotten into relationships, like even from the beginning of meeting a guy going on that first date, maybe second date, I already knew, my body already knew if I was going to have good sex with this man. And it was all, it always came to pass that the sex was good because I can gauge the, the chemistry, the sexual chemistry between us. So I don't think that you have to go all the way with somebody to know if you're going to have sexual chemistry with them. So I'm trying to understand what was so bad that she did not notice it beforehand that made her want to throw up. It had to be something. <laughs> he I was hiding. Uh, it had to be something, but I, I didn't get that far from her. The only thing I got from her was, you know, she said after that she wanted to call the wedding and everything. I said, <laughs> wow. I, I've never heard that story was always alarming to me. And I, so I was just like, we might not, I always felt like it might not need to happen on the first night, but it need to happen sometime during a relationship. So that way we know where we stand because it's like, because some women, because it's like if you can't keep them happy in bed, they they're likely to cheat. Yeah, I mean, if 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 that's the only leg that your relationship is based on, see, a relationship has to be built on more than one leg. If that's the strongest leg that it's built on, then it's gonna fall apart. But if you have the mental, the spiritual, um, the emotional, you got all that down packed. I think the sex will fall in line with all of that already intact, you know, intact. Yeah, that's definitely real. That's definitely real. Um, if, if I definitely thinking about it now, I definitely agree with that. Uh, if you have a bond with somebody, then yeah, the sex is gonna come. Now, talk to me about infidelity. Were you like a victim of somebody cheating on you, or because this was this sounded like this was a very deep topic? Yeah, well, in my past relationships, I've been married twice. My first marriage, I was like 23 and I was just young and dumb. And I thought that
that that's what I was supposed to do at that age, um, get married, have a family, be a wife. And um, my husband cheated on me all throughout that marriage. Um, so when we divorced, I waited like eight years and I got married again. And I still had that same issue in my second marriage, uh, cheating and infidelity. But that really didn't have anything to do with sex before marriage. That was just a whole learning experience of myself having low self-esteem, not knowing who I was, you know, um, looking for love in all the wrong places, having daddy issues, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. So once I figured all of that out and worked on that in myself, now I know who I am. I know what I'm looking for and I'm not going to, you know, go back on my standards because it's difficult and because it's different from what everybody else is doing. That's real. No one should ever go back on their standards. Your standards need to be set no matter what. So you can't allow a person to change your standards. And I definitely feel you on that. It's crazy. So what have you learned from podcasting in general? What have you learned about yourself from podcasting in general? Um, That I like to talk. And that's something that I haven't always been able to say about myself. Um, in past years, I've been very quiet, very reserved, you know, very shy person, very private. And, you know, on my podcast, I talk a lot about my past relationships, my past experiences, past mistakes, things I've done that during that time, I would hide those things and pretend like everything was all good. So that's one thing I've learned about myself is that um, I'm more self-assured. I'm more self-confident. Um, I don't mind talking. Um, and I'm just really fascinated by people. That's that's my passion is I love people. I used to be a person who's like, I don't like people. I can't stand people. But I realized that you know, once I got in touch with myself and, and fell in love with myself, I, I fell in love with, you know, people in general. That's right. And honestly, I can, I can definitely relate to your story because I was like, I was shy and reserved. And even sometimes I can be a little reserved at times, but it's like I've learned to come out of that shell because like I said, I went to college and honestly, college just changed all of that. So I can mm -hmm. definitely feel a lot where you be coming from because it's like I went through that my damn self. So I definitely <laughs> understand where you're coming from with that. So talk to me about doing the big chop. Like, so do you feel like you should consult your spouse? Because I feel like as a woman, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to do with your, your hair. And it's like if your spouse loves you, they, they want you to be happy. Because when it comes to hairstyles, I feel like your happiness comes number one. Because you got to rock the hairstyle. Right. Now, with that, I don't think that you need to get your husband's permission as if to say, if he tells you no, then it's absolutely no, you can't do it because you're still a grown woman. I'm just saying that at what point in a relationship do you stop taking into consideration your partner's opinion? of your physical appearance because from the beginning of the relationship that's what we do we try to put our best foot forward we want to look our best for that man or that woman to make them physically attracted to us and that's a very important component of any relationship you take the physical attractiveness out of it now all you got is a friend a friend that you love you have a deep bond with but y'all just friends y'all are not like romantic partners anymore if y'all not physically attracted to each other so that's a very important um and a lot of people try to take that out of it and say that's shallow y'all you don't you don't concentrate on the looks and that is not what i'm saying at all but it's very important it's a important part of it so once you lose that physical attraction so say if my husband when we met he loved the fact that i had long beautiful hair and that's part of my attractiveness to him if I take it upon myself to go and cut it all off without telling him about it that's going to affect his attractiveness to me 
he may not be totally turned off by me, but it's going to affect the way he is attracted to me. Um, so his opinion matters and it should matter. I feel the same way about my husband. If I was in a relationship, I love a man with a nice full beard. So if my husband just takes it up on himself one day to just shave it all off and go completely bald faced and didn't let me know or warn me or ask me how I feel about it, I would be upset. Really? Wow. Now, I, I guess this is where I'm different because I'm a free spirit and I believe everybody should be happy with themselves. And I'm going to believe that as long as you're happy, I'm happy. You know what I'm saying? If you like it, I love it. Now, will I tell you to go ahead and do it? I'm like, nah, you should do. Because I just believe you should do what makes you happiest. And I'm going to be happy for you. You know what I'm saying? It may take some time to get some adjusting to, but I'm definitely going to, um, you know what I'm saying, adjust to it and do it the best way I can. Because at the end of the day, I want you to be happy. Right, right. Well, what if what if the best way for her to be happy is to do what she wants to do, but maybe not with you? So say, for instance, she she wants to do something with her body that you are in total disagreement with. She says, I'm going to do it anyway. Either you're going to stay or you're going to leave. I feel like if if the love is there, if the bond is strong enough to withstand it, I'd be like, hey, do what you do. You know what I'm saying? But if that bond in, isn't really there and that, that bond that, that it's not really there, it's, it's um, lays kind of wobbly, then I'm going to be like, okay, whatever, I'm gone. <laughs> so I just believe the bond, if the bond is there, it can withstand whatever physical change. Now, if it's something about the weight, then look, I was just going to say, hey, I would take the initiative upon myself because sometimes in relationships, if one takes the initiative, one will try to follow behind. So like I said, if I know somebody, right. if somebody's gaining weight, I'll just take the initiative and start working out myself. Even if I'm still in shape, I'm still going to do it myself and hope that the other person will fall in line and um, follow my lead. What if she doesn't? And if she doesn't, that's on her, honestly, because at the end of the day, we still, we still, if we have that bond, then it's on her, you know what I'm saying? She's the, because at the end of the day, she's the captain of her life. She's the master of her fate. You know what I'm saying? Because no matter what mm-hmm. you tell them, they still going to do whatever the hell they decide they want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the one thing I, I've had to learn about people is you could tell them a hundred million times, don't do something. They still going to do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? They still might defy you and stuff, you know? So that's some things I've learned about people and and that's just interesting, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liquor Talk. If you don't know now, you know. Go ahead and pull up some liquor because the more you drink, the better this podcast is going to sound. Let's continue. So talk to me a bit about rating your dating profile. <laughs> How do you know <laughs> you have a, a profile that people want to get to know you on? Well, it depends. Like, it really depends on what you're looking for, what you're trying to attract. I see a lot of dating profiles. They say one thing, but they present something totally different. And that's what what the episode was about. Like, you say you're on here, you're looking for your queen. Or you're looking for a wife. But you're on your dating profile with... Um, Gang signs, you're throwing up gang signs, you got your shirt off, you're showing all your tats. Oh, <laughs> you're doing all the kind of stuff that, like, a quality woman who's looking for a long term relationship will be turned off by. And I've had people like on those dating profiles, you inbox, inbox me, and I look at your profile, okay. If my profile says I'm looking for a long-term relationship, but yours says not looking for anything serious, just looking just to date short-term, why would you inbox somebody who's looking for something long-term when you say you want something short-term? That's real. And honestly, why would you, and and I've done dating sites where, you know, the ones where you swipe left and swipe right, why the hell would you swipe right on somebody without reading their full profile? Hmm. I don't know. I see a lot of people do it. 
they just look at the picture and they instantly go in and that's a person who's just looking for physical they're looking for a hookup but if you're on there and you're really looking for compatibility um, that person might look all fine and sexy and very attractive to you but I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to read their profile first and see what they're all about and what they're saying. If it doesn't match up with what I'm looking for, I'm going to keep on going to the next one. That's real. Now, I'll admit I've done that, too. It's like I will swipe right if I think she's pretty and she matches. And then I'll take a look. I'll really investigate the profile before saying a hello or whatever. And if it's, if I see something that that might trigger me. I'm like, okay, um, let me just delete this match real quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going <laughs> to communicate, you know what I'm saying? Because I've done that before. So speaking of red flags, why is it that some things we may consider a red flag might not actually be a red flag? Because really some of our red flags are built in from past experiences. And Sometimes what we would say is a red flag is really just past experiences, past hurts that have really not healed and been resolved, just coming back into the forefront. A lot of times we take a lot of stuff from our past into our present relationships, and then we try to apply that stuff to the person that's in front of us when they had nothing to do with it. So Sometimes we have to really know the difference between is this a red flag that this person is showing me or is this something in from my past that I haven't healed from and I'm looking at this person in front of me like they're going to do the same thing to me that someone in my past did. Um, so I really did like that that um, that episode. We kind of broke it down. And every now and then you might find where a red flag and something from your past might coincide and come together, but you really have to dig deep inside yourself to figure out, you know, are you applying, you know, principles from the present to this person? Or are you bringing some of your stuff from your past and putting it on this person? Yeah, that's definitely real. That's definitely real. You can't punish, you can't punish a person for, um, for your, um, for what happened with your past. You know what I'm saying? That's sad if you do that, you know what I'm saying? Cause just because one did, don't mean everybody's going to do it, you know what I'm saying? But I would say right. there should be general red flags. I mean, if they have no ambition by themselves, that should be a, just a general red flag, like, no matter what. Right. We talked about that, too. Like, some of the things that happens in the beginning stages in the dating phase that you can definitely identify that it's a red flag. Like if you've been talking to somebody for two weeks, maybe a month, and they start wanting to borrow money from you, that's a red flag. Yes, that's a or, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Or if they can only talk to you at certain times of the day, taking out work schedules, but just like you text them and they never respond to you until 24 hours later. That's a red flag. Like you're the if you're really out there seriously wanting to get to know somebody, you're gonna make that a priority. Now, if you have a busy life schedule where you can't get back to the person, or if you can't just send back a simple five second text message to say I'm busy right now, but I'm gonna get back to you, then right now dating is really not a priority for you. So you shouldn't be wasting people's time. Yes, that's real. You should not be wasting people's time. And I feel like a lot of people just be out here wasting each other's time. And it's just a revolving circle because that person is going to feel some type of way. And then what's going to happen? They're going to take it out on the next person they go out with. It's sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that revolving circle is just definitely sad. Now, getting back to you for a moment, what, got, what exactly got you into podcasting? Last year, I became a first-time author of a book called Dear Young Woman, and it was a compilation of women's stories. Um, to They want to share a true life testimony of something that they've overcome in their life to inspire the generation of younger women to let them know whatever you're going through, some somebody else has gone through it too, made it through, and um, you know not to suffer in silence. So when I did that book, 
that kind of created a uh, sisterhood. And that's what made me want to do the podcast to keep those conversations going. Oh, wow. So basically, you just wanted to keep the conversation going. Y'all be having some really good conversations, by the way. Uh, Like I said, um, so tell me about being a Black creative. How has that really just changed your life? Uh, being it's therapeutic, like actually getting your innermost thoughts out and expressing them coming from a person who's always been very introverted and I internalize a lot and I don't actually vocalize, you know, how I feel, um, being creative and putting myself out there. And it's kind of, it's scary too, because you you feel like you're on a chopping block. Like, what if they don't like it? What if they don't feel what I'm saying? What if they, you know, hate it? So it's therapeutic and it's scary, but um, it's kind of helped me balance myself out now because I feel like there's no limit to what I can create. That's real. That's real. Um, I definitely root you on it being very therapeutic and just to take time out of whatever stressful it, of, of your life is going on. So I definitely, definitely can agree with you on that. So how did you overcome the hurdles that you dealt with in your life and that got you to this point now where you've got the podcast going? Who? It was all God. It was all God. And there were periods of my life when I didn't have a close relationship with God. I didn't recognize his presence. Um, I didn't acknowledge his presence. Um, So when I got to that space where I start to self-reflect and look at myself and acknowledge my role and uh, um, all of the outcomes of my life, I look back and I, I realized he was there then, he was there here, he was there there. He just wasn't paying attention. Um, so it was God that got me through all of that stuff. And he sat me down and he showed me myself and he helped me to deal with a lot of past hurts and disappointments and um, helped me heal. And I'm still on a healing journey. Um, I can't really say there's one person out there that can say that they're fully 100 percent a healed person because it's an ongoing process every day. Um, You get better. You learn something more about yourself. Um, You become more at peace with who you are. You become more at peace with, with your surroundings and with the world. And so I'm just taking people on that journey with me every time I do a new episode of my podcast. That's real. That's definitely real. So tell me about your home state. What you like most about your home state? The food. I live in Louisiana. Oh, yes. New or- live in New Orleans or another part? I live in a, a town called Hammond, Louisiana. So it's like 45 minutes away from New Orleans. So I can get in my car and, and hit the interstate and be there in less than an hour. Nice. That's nice. So how how's Louisiana been handling the whole lockdown? Because I know, I know I feel bad for the saying this, but I know, but I've heard some people that would come from Louisiana or Florida, if they would come to Florida, they all made them quarantine once they got to Florida. <laughs> I'm like, damn, really? Right. That's what I heard. Like the They were putting um, checkpoints at the border, and they wasn't letting people from Louisiana in Florida or in Texas because, you know, we have New Orleans, and that's a party city. And the cases of coronavirus was really concentrated and heavy over there because of the they were still having parties they were still getting together parades and crawfish balls and barbecues they wasn't really obeying the social distancing regulations and you know because at first they had this little rumor out that black people wasn't going to catch it this wasn't a, a black people's disease and so people were just brushing it off and they wasn't taking it serious until all of the cases started coming in. And then our governor was like, look, we got to shut it all down. Y'all not obeying the rules. 
we got to get this thing under control. Yeah, that's real. It's like even 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 I've seen some parts of Florida that were still just going crazy about it. still people still not um still not obeying the rules or whatever. So it's like so tell me how has um growing up in Orleans um not Orleans but Louisiana just impacted your you and how do you put on for Louisiana for your podcast? Um. Growing up in Louisiana, I I don't really know anything else. So I just feel like there's a a family vibe here. Like everybody feels like family, um, even if you don't know each other, especially when you go into New Orleans, you can run into somebody and they will strike up a whole conversation with you first time meeting you, not knowing you. So that's that Southern hospitality. Um, I couldn't imagine. I I love to travel and visit other places, but I really couldn't imagine living anywhere else but Louisiana, simply because I like that down home feel. I like the family feel. That's real. So, is it true about New Orleans that there are some parts of um, New Orleans that never really recovered from Hurricane Katrina? Yes, there's still parts down there. You can ride through neighborhoods and you can still see the dilapidated houses, the the blue tarps. Um, so, yeah, there's still some bad parts down really? there. Really? Wow. It's like Hurricane Katrina happened years ago. You think by now they would have all of that things fixed or somebody would have just came in and bought it all up and just renovated it. Not all of it. Uh, that, that's cr- they're still that's crazy yeah they're still running out. Mm-hmm. it's like are they just not touching those parts I guess it's just not parts that they want to touch um, they don't see any you know investments in it they don't see any um, money making opportunities in those certain parts so they just not touching them so on the flip side how do you feel like going through Hurricane Katrina made Louisiana a better state? Oh, I think it it really, it made people rally together and come together um, in support of each other. And it really shook people up and it scared people to death to think that, you know, a a a natural disaster could come through and, you know, take everything away from you. Um, so you need to be more thankful and more grateful for what you have when you have it, because you never know when it can, you know, be taken away. I was so, you know, at, but right before Katrina, we had like a couple of hurricanes that came through and they didn't really do a whole lot of damage, but the media had played them up so much, like they were going to really do something. So by the time Katrina came through, I was like, I'm sick of them hyping all these, you know, hurricanes up. This one ain't going to be no different. It ain't going to do nothing. And so I didn't leave my house. I stayed, but I I wasn't in the New Orleans area, but the area we were in, we got a lot of wind damage. But as I was sitting in my house and I started hearing that wind whipping around my house, I got so scared. I was like, I don't think I should have stayed here. Yeah, I can I can definitely feel you. Um, even growing up in Florida, I can say it's like I've known sometimes we don't really take the hurricane seriously. And even though we didn't have some major storms that just totally just did some damage, I know most still Floridians don't really take the hurricanes really serious because sometimes it'll be projected to um, excuse me, come to our area, but then when the storm actually hits, it'll take a turn for a different part. And but even I, I still know mm-hmm. people that don't still pull take hurricanes seriously, or I know some that mm. you know it's because it's because of the hurricanes and stuff that they're not tripping about this coronavirus. Okay, so they say if I can <laughs> if I can uh, make it through the hurricanes, I'm gonna live through this too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what a lot of people feel like. <laughs> But I see some people in the stores preparing, buying themselves like a damn hurricane coming. I'm like, really? <laughs> Why do you need all that toilet paper? Right. The tissue thing really threw me for a loop. Like, it's not a stomach virus. 
It don't make you go to the toilet. Why are y'all buying up this tissue? Yeah, that's why I don't understand. And what I don't understand is why now everybody want to buy all the cleaning supplies. What the hell were y'all doing before this damn thing happened? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yes. That's crazy. So what do you think? What do you think it will be your biggest takeaway when we look back? When we look back on this coronavirus mess. And when it's all said and done, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing you learned about people here in America? Hmm. Biggest thing I learned about people is that um, a lot of us don't have faith. And a lot of us like to capitalize off of, um, you know, crises. I see a lot of people trying to take advantage of this crisis. And um, I just, I, it's disheartening to see. Um, I just, I don't know. It's, it's some good takeaways and it's some bad takeaways. You know, I see a lot of people coming together, rallying around, helping each other. And then I see a lot of crooked stuff going on too. So, yes. I I definitely agree with you on the crooked stuff, like the businesses, like just racking up on it. And also, I see where America is just, they just making money off of it. Just, and it's just, that's the sad part about living in a capitalistic society. They just, they value the almighty dollar before, before um, they're going to help people. Because now they're talking about reopening the country um, because they don't want, they really don't want to pay nobody $2,000 a month. <laughs> I tell you what they think about this country, and also, honestly, another thing I realized about this country is they will find money for things they want to make happen for. Mhm. Exactly. I think it's it's a real. I don't know. It's it's I it's so confusing. Like y'all told us to stay in the house. And now, since y'all gave give out this stimulus money, now y'all saying we can open back up the country. The 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 virus is still out there. The virus is still killing people. So what are y'all saying? Y'all want some people to die? No, what I'm not, I'm not getting it either. But what I'm gaining from it is they don't want to pay nobody no more money. Uh, they want to. They just want to pocket all that money to themselves. I'm just like, what would happen if we told all them damn senators still showing up for work? Why don't y'all work at home? Or why don't y'all just not work at all and we'll just pay you twelve hundred a month? Right. What would happen then? Go ahead and file for what will happen then? It, it's like it's crazy how not so bad for all the people that's having to file for unemployment, which which is why I do take I don't take my job that got me work from home for granted, even though I have my months where I'm not like I'm not feeling this job, but I'm still gonna come in here and bust these eight hours out. I'm not gonna take it for granted. So Right, right. And I feel like a lot of people are taking friends. Also, I feel like people take the frontline workers, the people that work at the grocery stores, people that are working at the hospitals, the truck drivers, I feel like they take them off granted. Right. And those are the people who ought to be uplifted and praised during this this pandemic because they are the most at risk. They kept going to work. They kept providing the services that we selfishly take for granted. And then we don't give them enough credit for being out there. And they're not getting paid enough to be out there risking their lives just because we want to be able to go to the store to get cashews and peanut butter or, you know, insignificant stuff while they're out there being breathed on. You know, people are breathing on them all day. Yes, I really do feel like the, after all this mess, the, those workers, those frontline workers, they deserve a raise. And I do really feel like they deserve to get that raise. And I also feel like teachers need to get a raise, too, because now we're noticing how um, it's changing now that <laughs> all the parents have to have the kids at home instead of our best changing now. Mm-hmm. A lot of these parents are realizing these teachers ain't been lying on y'all kids. Y'all kids is bad. Yes, y'all kids are bad. <laughs> so what are you looking for to most with the podcast after this coronavirus madness is just over with? 
Uh, I'm just looking forward to getting some more um, awesome, dope people on my on my platform. I'm looking to, you know, reach more listeners. Um, I'm looking to grow the brand as big as it can go. Um, I'm looking to promote, promote, promote. Um, that's why we started the um, the group that I just invited you to, the Pod Squad. Um, because I'm a member of a lot of other podcast groups, but I noticed that the creativity was limited and they only wanted you to do certain things in those groups. So I wanted to create my own group where you have more creativity to be able to um, network with potential guests like business owners, people who have uh, extraordinary stories to tell. That's going to give the podcasters more access to build their own brand, their own platform and reach more people, um, you know, by having like a pot to pick from of um, different varieties of guests. That's real. And I do, I do appreciate the invite. I do appreciate you looking out and um, shoot me the invite because honestly, I'll be going through those guests and stuff. And sometimes you get you get the guests that you look at, you may not be feeling them, but then it's like, you know, so I do appreciate <laughs> the invite, man. I'm definitely going to take advantage of being in a group. So what is something about podcasting you wish you would have known before you got started? Um, something I wish I would have known. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't really change anything. Um, I started out just doing it from the, you know, the Anchor app with a, a, a microphone and I just started recording my own voice, you know, just speaking and talking. And, and then I graduated into, you know, having guests to come on and join me to have conversations. And I feel like that's my niche right there. I, I like doing podcasts where it's a back and forth conversation rather than just me by myself talking. Um, but to think back, there's nothing that I would change about how I got started and where I am today. Wow, that's interesting because almost every guest I've had on, I think you're the first one to say that they wouldn't change a thing or they wouldn't wish they would have known something. Everyone have just said the one thing uh, they wish they could have changed, so, which I can, I can definitely agree with. I can definitely understand where you're definitely coming from. So what is some advice to a pod, people that say out here that want to start a podcast? I would say, um, like, do a little research, look at different platforms that you want to um, start your podcast on, decide, start there first, um, invest, definitely invest in some good equipment, doesn't have to be a whole lot of money, because I didn't spend a whole lot of money on any of the equipment that I bought, but um, I got some reliable stuff, and then um, be yourself. You know, let your own personality come through on your podcast, be authentic and um, promote, 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 promote. Because if you don't care about your podcast, nobody else is going to care about it. Nobody else is going to want to listen to it if you're not showing that you love it and that you're excited about it. And when it starts to feel like work, when you start to feel like you put more into it than you're getting out of it, you might need to reevaluate what you're doing or, you know, um, get a different perspective, you know, from somebody else. But as far as me right now, I look forward to podcasting. Like, I can't wait for the week to be over so I can do a new episode. So I'm enjoying Listen, it. Listen, I'm enjoying it. I feel you on that. I enjoy it so much to where I've, like, I've, I've, I went pod crazy. I can't lie to you. I went pod crazy this month. Um, I've been talking to everybody mm -hmm. from all across the country because – I really do enjoy it because it's just my my mental release as well to where I can just take time to get to know somebody, learn about a state I don't even know about, you know what I'm saying? Because like before tonight, I'm, I'm, when I first saw her about Louisiana, I'm, the first thing I thought about is New Orleans. So I admit, I know there's mm -hmm. more to Louisiana than just New Orleans. Right, right. And I would also tell anybody out there listening, if you ever want to start a podcast, to to be a good podcaster, you got to be a, a good podcast listener. Yes, you do. Like, I listen. 
I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Um, I listen to a lot of different styles. And um, then you just take what you need from each person and make it your own. Put it into your own style. You don't have to be a copycat, but you definitely need to listen to other podcasts to see what other people are listening to, what other people are gravitating towards to know, you know, how to find, you know, your niche. That's real. I definitely agree with you on that because I find myself listening to other podcasts. Also, I be that's how I be scouting out what who I want to have on on my platform because I be I done heard a couple of their podcasts. I'm like, they're they're really good. And also, do you think how do you know if somebody have you ever just listened to a podcast and you're like, they this person don't need to have a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, in some of those groups where they have the, um, if you listen to mine, I'll listen to yours, and you don't want to be that person that gets somebody to listen to yours and you don't listen to theirs. So I listened to a few. I listened to this one, and it just, it brought my whole mood down. It it was so depressing. Um, she sounded like she was, like, basically writing a um a suicide Damn, letter, a like suicide she was just letter? talking. Not, not like a suicide. I mean, it was like she was really talking some heavy, depressing stuff. Like she was in a bad place, and and I'm I'm an empath, so I take on other people's moods and personalities. And so by the end of listening to that, I was feeling all down, and I was like, ow. Why she did that? Don't don't ask people to listen to that. You're supposed to be trying to uplift people. I think the three main reasons you should get a podcast is to entertain, to inform, or to inspire. Um, if you're doing anything outside of those, I don't know. I didn't get no inspiration. I didn't get no information. And I definitely didn't get no entertainment. I'd have listened to that. I just felt depressed when I got finished. God damn, you felt depressed. Listen, I hope you put on something to get you out of a depressing state because oh, yeah. I, I would have to, yes. I wouldn't listen to the whole podcast if I'm feeling depressed. I'm like, okay, you depressing me. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I I got halfway and I was like, this girl ain't, oh my God, she sound like she crying. I don't know. I can't listen <laughs> Wow. I mean, we all have those moments where we might get depressed, but it's like, you just got turned on. If you are going to have a podcast, you got to just suck it up for an hour, you know what I'm saying? And just dedicate it. Just tell yourself, look, dedicate this time to your podcast, to your craft. Whatever bullshit you going on with outside of your life, let that bullshit just stay there. Because like I said, because your mm-hmm. podcast is your crowd because you're talking to somebody, you know what I'm saying? And somebody's tuned in and listening to you right. talk, so that's unacceptable right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, exactly. that is just crazy right there to, to think somebody could just be so depressed. So so what's the first thing you're going to do once this whole quarantine is over with? I'm going to eat at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of eating at home. You know, <laughs> I know you probably don't see my Instagram. So the the side of me that be posting on my personal Instagram says I agree with you one hundred. I, I miss going out to nice restaurants, checking out the atmosphere, checking out the environment. I I miss that, you know what I'm saying? But I can't. Which is why this whole quarantine need to be over with. And also. Do you feel like people don't be practicing social distancing? I, oh my God. I had an instance of that maybe two weeks ago. I went, I stopped in a dollar store. I think I'm picking up tissue or something. And they clearly had like um, labels on on their floor saying where to stand to stay six feet away from each other. This guy just ignored all of that and stood right next to me. And I was so annoyed. And I was like, I hope she hurry up and check me out. I don't want to, 
I don't want to say nothing to this dude, but why are you standing right next to me? Exactly. Man, I had to have me today. I was in I was in Sam's Club and I'm getting some things. And next thing you know, I feel something behind me. I look back. There's yeah, this old, this elderly lady just smiling. I'm like, I, I don't want to be rude <laughs> to this elderly lady, but I'm like, Grandma, I'm going to need you to back up a little something. Yeah. Because that, that ain't no six distance. <laughs> that, that ain't no six feet, Grandma. I, I need you to back up a little bit more, Grandma. <laughs> I, I wanted, but then I was just, I was so focused on, just like, let me just get my thing, get what I need to get and get out of here. I'm not, I'm not really focusing on that because I know people don't be paying attention to that social distancing and nobody don't be following it. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. And that's why I stay in the house. Hey, I feel you on that. Honestly, for me, I ain't gonna lie, it was <laughs> weird last week. I normally, excuse me, I'm normally just used to leaving my house, but for one whole week, I really didn't have to leave my house because, like I said, I did all my grocery shopping on the weekend and I worked from home. And I was like, damn, I really don't need to leave the house. I'm like, damn, this is how it feels. Right. I was weirded out one day because when I I had been in the house, I know over a week. And when I got in my car to crank it up, I was like realizing, you know what? I have not crunked my car up in over a week. I hope my battery is not dead. I, I was low-key <laughs> thinking that same thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm hoping my car is straight, but damn. When I got in my car today, it was riding fine. I said, okay, damn. I said, damn. And I was like, normally, <laughs> and normally I fill up all the time, but I'm like, gas so cheap to wear shit. I don't need it. I, can, I don't have to worry about having to fill up. You know what I'm saying? It's been crazy. So. Yeah, the thing about it is that I filled up maybe two weeks ago, and, and it's still on almost under full. So it's because I haven't been going anywhere. But I'm pretty sure as soon as everything opened back up, the gas is going Y'all back already up. Y'all right gas is going to shoot up through the gas is going to be the first thing to just <laughs> skyrocket. It, it might be like 150 mm-hmm. something right now, but as soon as everything opened up, it's about to be back in the 250s. Gas is going to shoot up by a whole dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, because I really feel like people are just going to go buck wild and ain't, no, ain't going to act like know how to act. So, which is why once. Once exactly. the country says open, I'm just going to chill for maybe two more weeks and then I'm like, then I'll go back out. Me too. Me too. I'm going to chill for two more weeks and I'm going to watch the news and I'm going to see if the cases have skyrocketed again and then that's going to let me know I'm going to just keep staying that's home. Real. I agree with that. So tell me this, what can people gain from listening to your podcast? What do you want people to get from listening to your podcast? I want get I want people to get different perspectives, fresh new perspectives on relevant topics. I want them to be able to come from that conversation and see a situation totally different than the way they thought about it before they um, heard that. Episode. That's real. That's definitely real. People people should definitely gain that. And lastly, Miss Erica, why should people subscribe to the podcast? Subscribe to the podcast because I'm there and I'm dope. (laughs) Subscribe to the podcast because you're going to get a lot of dope discussions. You're going to get a variety of different guests uh, from all over the country. So you're going to get a mix of everything. So you'll be missing out if you don't subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all heard it here. Go ahead and subscribe to the Dope Conversations with Erica podcast. Also, subscribe to our other podcasts as well. And Miss Erica, I do want to thank you for taking the time to join me on Look and Talk today. It's greatly appreciated. I'm humble. I'm honored you take time out your busy life to come on and spend a little bit of time with me on the Look and Talk. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Anytime. It's all thank love. Thank you. Thank you. Lick yes. What is Liquor Talk Podcast. Y'all have a great weekend and stay safe and keep that social yes, we distancing. we will try to keep the social distancing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank my guests for coming on, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to be a guest on the Liquor Talk, if you ready for your exclusive round, all you got to do is slide in the inbox and we'll definitely make it happen. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Look and Talk podcast. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, remember to always pull that liquor up and get turned up. If you don't drink, well, go roll a blunt or something, you know. And also remember that everything is temporary. What you're going through right now, you ain't going to be going through it um, in a couple of weeks. So hang in there. Be strong. Survive the damn quarantine. We're almost out of it.